What's going on, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out another episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. And if you're a first-time listener, thanks for hopping aboard the pirate ship. Uh, by the way, quick aside, because I rant a lot in Goonies, I thought it was really funny. Stuff that you don't notice as a kid. But at the end of the movie, the reporter has like a heavy southern accent, you know, and, and it's just like, how did that dude end up in Astoria, Oregon as a news reporter? It appears to be some sort of pirate ship. I think they were just like casting people and they're like, that dude has like a really, he has a really good, you know, kind of dialect for a pretty epic scene at the end of this movie. We need to get him. Because if it was somebody flat from the Midwest, like like me, you know, at the end of the movie, like it appears to be some sort of pirate ship. It just doesn't have the same kind of effect, you know what I mean? But you get like a southern dude in there. It seems to be some sort of pirate ship. It just it just kind of rolls off the tongue. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. Watch the Goonies this weekend. You got a nice long weekend for Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, any Hoosers, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you know, hopefully you had a safe by the time this gets out. Hopefully you had a safe and happy Thanksgiving with your family or friends. If you do the Friendsgiving Instagram, we all got our cozy sweaters, 30% off. Black Friday's been going on for three weeks. Woo! Um, huh. But yeah, man, I, I, I just hope everybody stays safe. Obviously it's, uh, I, it's, it's, it's rough right now. COVID is, uh, it's it's spreading and and uh, things are things are weird. It's 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 a little scary. Again, I'm not trying to like uh, hit the uh, hit the panic button here, but um, just be safe, man. Please wear a mask. Please wear a mask. Keep some hand sanitizer on you or near you. You know what I mean. I, I know it seems weird. Like obviously, I I highly doubt people are going to be in their living rooms wearing masks watching you know my beloved Detroit Lions. But uh, at the same time, just just be smart. You know, the, the, the more everybody buys into this, the, the better off we will be in the long run. So please, please, please be safe. I digress. But all that being said, uh, this week's episode is one that I'm glad we were able to to put together and, and glad to, to get out to everybody because I had a lot of fun. Um, this is a band that I discovered via the Internet uh, when I finally my my old old self in a, in a young man's body um, decided to get on Instagram to kind of help grow the audience for the show as it were and, and connect with people and, and lo and behold I, I continue to find out about more and more bands that are just kind of in my my wavelength in terms of heavy music and things that I like so this week's guest is none other than Alec Coslow, guitarist of the band Execution Day they are rounded out by Dylan Dively on vocals John Halstead on bass and Sam Hoffman on drums and Alec Coslow also does vocals too but uh but yeah I got in touch with these guys and he he hit me back up and and was down to do the show and I was super pumped man you know um to give you a little bit of background about these guys by the way I'm realizing I need to add like I need to add right on um uh <laughs> and you know those are like my four those are like my four root words that I go to right on uh um and you know i'm working on the uh and the ums man but sometimes it's just you know it's a it's a pause word i'm getting there you guys i'm, I'm trying to be a better interview for you but any hoosers uh there i go there's there's one right there take a shot if you're legal um 
I can't stop. I can't stop, guys. But these guys have a sound that's like metalcore is definitely what it's rooted in. But at the same time, there's there's pop punk influences. Um, there's there's um, now that I've said it, I, I can't unsay it. This is hilarious. But there's pop punk influences, metalcore. There's and we and we get into all that, so I don't want to give too much away. But but I was really impressed by their sound. Their EP Illusions came out in August. Some really good tracks on there. A couple of my favorites are Self Help, There Is a Light, Woe, Lost at Sea. It, it's it was just really well done, really well produced. Uh, they're on Spotify, anywhere you can stream music. They they did a really good cover as well of Logic's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, the Suicide Hotline. I think it's closing in on something like 740,000 streams now um, on Spotify. It's crazy. Their their EP Illusions that I just mentioned, I think, has in the 300-ish thousand um, you know downloads or streams now on Spotify. So so these guys are are making some noise. They're they're out of the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. They've they've toured with with uh, bands like The Plot and You, like Moths to Flames. So falling in reverse. So I mean, they they're they're a band that uh, is really really doing a good job, and and you know just a sound that I really enjoy, man. And so it was cool that the uh, the feeling was mutual to try to get together and do a podcast and try to to learn more about them and get get more of the word out to all of you listening. So without further ado, I'm gonna stop stumbling over my us and my ums and my right ons and uh, my you knows. <laughs> And get right to the episode, you guys. So here is Alec Coslow, guitarist and vocalist of Execution Day. Yeah, man. So just just to start this off, Alec, uh, with you guys, um, you know, you're you're right outside the Pittsburgh area, right? Is it Berlin, Pennsylvania? Yeah, I mean Berlin's right outside. So you know, basically, we just always say. Pittsburgh's our hometown. That's where we all of our shows. Like if we're playing a hometown show, it's always in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. So, so for you, man, uh, you know, in terms of the genesis of this band and, and you for music too, where where did this start for you? You know, playing playing guitar. Do you come from a musical household, or was there was it just something you were drawn to at a young age? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I've always loved music, um, even since I was a kid, and I've always loved music. And uh, my uncle actually. Uh, play guitar and when I was 10 years old I have two younger brothers uh, when I was 10 years old and my uh, second youngest brother uh, when he was eight he got us both matching acoustic guitars and uh, let us rip around on them you know that was our that was our gift one year it might have been for a birthday or whatever and uh, my younger brother didn't really stick with it but I uh, obviously stuck with it and uh, it was a turning point for me 100% I uh, it was one of, it was honestly looking back if he wouldn't have got me that guitar i don't know if i ever would have picked one else uh i don't know if i ever would have picked one up elsewise so oh right on man and how old are you now now you said 10 years old that was when you started yeah so i'm 21 now so i've been playing for like 11 years oh right on man and when you were a kid what were what were you listening to like what was the first thing you tried to learn to play or that you remember kind of getting uh, down yeah, man. My first thing I ever learned to play was the same day I got the guitar. I got, you know, I obviously was sloppy as as you could imagine, but I uh, back in black by ACDC. That was the first thing I I figured out. 
And uh, at the time, dude, I was listening to a lot of that stuff. I was listening to a lot of like grunge and classic rock, you know, stuff like records or, you know, CDs or stuff my parents had around the house. So that was all just kind of like grunge or old school rock, classic rock, stuff like that. Right on. So what what was the what was the 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 rabbit hole moment for the heavy music then? What what kind of got you going more in that direction? Uh, when I got real big into like uh, like Nirvana, Alice in Chains, stuff with some pretty heavy distortion. Uh, you know, I really I took to that, and then I didn't. I really didn't even know at the time that the whole metal world even existed. You know, like aside from like Metallica or anything, I was just like, oh, this is heavy. And at the time, that was the heaviest stuff I ever heard. So I was like, I can't imagine anything heavier than this. And then uh, I heard Day to Remember for the first time. And even now, in hindsight, you know, a Day to Remember is not all that heavy. But at the time, I thought, holy crap, you know, this is yeah. earthbreaking, you know? So that was really the first time I ever experienced something on the actual, like, metalcore side of the spectrum. Right on, man. Yeah. And, and I hate I hate making comparisons when it comes to music because I, I you know, to me, it's like um, everybody's influenced by something, no, no matter what your right. art form is, whether it's sports, music, you know, painting, drawing, whatever it is. And with you guys, that's what really drew me to your sound was I really enjoyed the metalcore uh, kind of, I guess you could say, foundation of it. But there's a lot of harmonies and melodies and stuff that that definitely felt like they had like a pop punk influence to it to me, you know. Um, cause yeah. you know, about the time, the, the age you were, when you started playing guitar, that was about the age. And, and it's probably like that for everybody. I would assume, you know, when you're 10, 12 and you start venturing out and you, you know, well now CDs are becoming like a thing of the past, but like, right, uh, right. when I would start to buy albums and stuff and right around the early two thousands, I would say was when, you know, you know, pop punk or, you know, was kind of, uh, at like its its height with like Blink One Eighty Two and stuff uh, when I was in like sixth grade and that right. was two two thousand so um, so yeah with you guys that 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 was definitely uh, something that I I kind of heard in the sound I'm like there's a little little bit of the you know kind of Blink One Eighty Two a day to remember influence in here I dig it yeah. you know yeah our vocalist Dylan uh, he is one of the biggest Blink fans I think I've ever met. <laughs> um, so that's definitely accurate. He loves, I mean, we all love Blink-182, but he is uh, definitely leading the pack. That's for sure. Yeah. And, you know, and it's funny with heavy music, man. Um, and I don't know if you guys run into this a as a band, but I feel like um, it's, it's weird. It's like bands can be super tight, but then there's also like, well, this is like the death metal crowd and this is like the alt metal and this is the new metal. Yep. You know, trap yeah. metal, like there's there's all of these subgenres and genres of subgenres. So for you guys as a band, like, you know, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, obviously, uh, you know, at least from the outside looking in, seems like it has a pretty healthy music scene. Um, you know, obviously, Code Orange has blown yeah. up over the last couple of years. But what what is that like, you know, you know, kind of blending those influences? And as you guys have developed over the last, what you know, five, six years now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, Code Orange is from Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh scene uh, to really is more of a hardcore scene. So you know, bands stylistically like Code Orange, uh, a local band um, from Pittsburgh called 156 Silence just signed to Sharp Tone Records a couple of months ago. Um, so it's definitely more on the hardcore side, um, and really for us, it just kind of you know not really fitting into that genre as much. Uh, it just kind of dr uh, drives us to be more of ourselves 
uh, you know, and, and not try to force ourselves to fit into that. You know, there's, you know, just because you list, you know, just because Pittsburgh is more hardcore than not, dude, the same people come out for metalcore shows or for some post-hardcore shows, whatever. So, uh, you know, it's, I think it just kind of driven, drove us to be more unique and uh, not feel like we have to fit in to what is the most popular in, in our local area, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it is there camaraderie, Alec, like between bands, even if they're not, like you said, straight up hardcore or, you know, metalcore, like, is there, is there ever any like blending with the shows? Do you ever see like, 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 like a band like you guys on a bill with like hardcore bands and, and vice versa? Oh. Yeah, absolutely. It happens. I mean, all the time, you know, um, especially like, especially um, when it's, you know, your buddies' bands, your friends' bands, um, you know, it just, it really at that point it doesn't matter what the genre is everyone's coming out to have a good time and hang out with people that they know anyway so it's you know whether you're pop punk um honestly you see pop punk bands playing with hardcore bands you know all the time um it's just you know it's all about really it's all about the hangs at the end of the day yeah yeah so so going back to you mentioned you're 21 man which which to me is like even even more impressive uh and i'm not just saying that because you're you know kind enough to stop by and give me some of your time to do this pod but uh with the music that you guys have put out and uh just how professional the recordings themselves are and how how clean and tight everything sounds i mean you know uh illusions came out what in august um and then yeah. before that your guys's yeah. first ep was what 20 2017 so you were what like a senior senior in high school yeah i was uh when i joined when we started the band i was 15 <clears throat> so i was the youngest one by far uh our vocalist is right now 26 so at the time he would have probably been like 23 so i was you know or maybe 21 22 i'm not good at math but he was <laughs> definitely you know i was definitely the youngest one by far um but yeah so yeah so talk to me a little bit about that, man. Like, um, you know, you, you mentioned you first picked it up at uh, 10 years old. Uh, so so then when, when when did the electric guitar start to come into play then? Um, I mean, it was probably a good, like, a, at least a year until I picked up an electric guitar. Um, it was more important for me than, uh, than, like, some people, I'm sure, because I, I really only listen to electric guitar music, you know? So I really, from the get, from the get, when I realized that I liked guitar music and I liked playing the guitar, uh, I wanted to get an electric guitar. That's what I wanted. So it was probably about a year. And then what, what was your first guitar, man? First electric uh, my guitar. First, my first electric guitar was a Austin Stratocaster type guitar. Austin is really just a cheaper, like a knockoff Fender basically but i mean they're their own brand but they're just like a cheaper knockoff thunder basically oh right on right on and then and, and then you guys as the band you mentioned being being the youngest member member uh when did when did execution day start to really to kind of take formation like were you guys were you guys buddies like how did how did you meet some of the guys that were older uh well <laughs> yeah so there was in the area we lived in there was two bands that were really like you know that played shows more frequently uh, which was a band uh, called HPL and uh, a local pop punk band that I was in. And um, HPL was like, at the, you know, at the time they were like, you know, the cool band, you know, they were, they were, they were, they were playing in Pittsburgh and they were making it, you know? Yeah. So uh, 
that was the persona. So uh, eventually um, that band dismembered, uh, like, you know, dissolved or whatever. And uh, they stole two members from my band and I was left by myself. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't like those guys, you know. <laughs> and uh, about a year later, they gave me a ring and they're like, hey, we're looking for a second guitar player. And that was about it. It wasn't quite a year, probably about six months. But uh, so I was the last one to get in. But I I got it. <laughs> oh, right on, man. And you, so, okay, so you said you were 15 when you guys started Execution Day then. Yeah, 15, yeah. Didn't have a license. I had to have my mom drop me off for practice. <laughs> and is it still, like, the same uh, same core group of guys from, from the inception? No, it's three. Um, me, Dylan, and Sam were all, all together from the start. Um, originally, uh, there was Jordan and another guitar player. Um but they they left actually uh before our first ep even got released they 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 dipped out so okay um, but it's been a, the the you know the the main members have always been uh or the main original members have always been myself dylan and sam right on um and execution day i mean the name itself is definitely it's definitely a heavy band name it's a cool band name um how did you guys settle on that, man? I know because I know it's uh, it's hard to come up with band names because it's like there's so many bands and then you come up with something cool and it's like, oh, somebody else has that. Like, how, how did Execution Day come about? Yeah. Um, so really, they they kind of decided on the name before I joined. That was kind of like the first thing they did was decide on a name. And then a couple months later, they asked me to join. Um, I, I do know that, like, you know, it really wasn't meant to be as like a like a dark name as more of like a, you know, motivational as like, you know, execute as in uh, pursue, you know, something okay. like that. But it was meant to have a, it was meant to have a double meaning like that to where it could be kind of perceived as what you wanted it to be. Um, but I think it was just at the, at the end of the day, just something that was cool. And that, you know, I think for a band name, you want something that people are going to hear and remember, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to hear it and forget it right away. Something simple, um, you want something that's a little bit weird, a little bit odd, a little unique, maybe. That way, when you hear it and someone brings it up, maybe maybe brings up the same band a month later, uh, you remember, oh, yeah, I, I heard of them before, you know, or I, I remember that name. Yeah, yeah. I think it's cool, you know, and that's why I like to ask stuff like that, too, of, of how it comes about, because um, I, I didn't think of it from, like, that duality perspective. I'm thinking, okay, it's a... You know, a band that identifies as metalcore, execution days, kind of like a heavy thing. But when you when you say it right. like that, like you can either think of it like execute, like execute your dreams or like execution right. in terms of like it could be the end. You know, what are you going to do before your time's up? So, yeah, I, I dig that, man. Yeah. That's cool. So what was like the first big show, you know, that that you guys did? Um, do, you, do you remember like the first the first one? Uh, the first big show we played was. Um... It was our third show ever, and it was a week before the first our first EP dropped, and uh, it was we opened for Falling in Reverse at uh, Mr. Smalls in Pittsburgh, and I, I think it was like sold out. And Mr. Smalls holds like eight hundred people, eight hundred fifty people, so uh, it was a wild show. It was absolutely crazy. And how many shows had you done at that point? That was our third. So we had two shows prior. Oh my god! And it was nuts. It was pretty crazy. Uh, and, and really, so you were that, what, that like show 16? Was, were you like 16 to 17 years old at that time? Yeah, I would have been just, I would have been 16 
Barely. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe by, maybe by two months. I mean, I was Holy barely 16, but I was 16, yeah. So what was that? Yeah. So what was that like, man? You're talking 800 people packed in like. I was, I mean, you know, it was cool because we, it was cool at the time. Cause we knew that it was like, no one was, no one was there to see us. You know, that yeah. was the cool thing. It was like, so we have an open canvas to, uh, you know, we have nothing to lose essentially. Uh, you know, it's going to be everything that happens for, at this show is going to be a positive because we have 800 people there who have never listened before. So that was cool. And uh, it ended up, I think, to this day, that show cemented, I mean, tons of people that we still, you know, that we can, that we know that are fans of the band. And they all started um, from that show, you know, um, even like people that have been hanging around for four years that we know, you know, if, if someone comments on our post on Facebook, we know, oh, oh, hey, that that's that that's that kid from the following universe show we met, you know, or whatever. It happens all the time. And that's cool. You know, it really did solidify. um a lot of fans that otherwise probably wouldn't have, you know, gotten a chance to hear our, hear our stuff. I got to imagine a show like that too, probably gives you a, a certain degree of confidence, you know, uh, you know, to, to that, to be like your third show yeah. ever and be a, you know, a teenager. Right. I mean, obviously you've been, you've yeah. been playing guitar at that point. Like if you're 16, like a third of your life essentially, but um, that's, that's a big moment, man. I mean, how did, what, how did, how did you guys feel like, uh, during the show like was there a moment uh that that stands out or or anything that that where you felt like oh man this this clicked like did you have any nerves pre-show oh dude it was all it was all nerves and uh <laughs> it was all smiles during the show man i mean we'd look over at each other and just be like grinning ear to ear man. It, it was honestly the coolest thing ever at the time um you know we we just felt you know if you know it's a hard thing to explain, but like, you feel like, man, this is it, you know, but the, it's not, you know, but it was cool to experience something like that. And it's motivation to get there on your own. You know, like I said, we knew no, nobody was there to see us. So, you know, the motivation since then has always been, let's make it so they're there to see us next time. You know what I mean? Get there, yeah. get there on our own one day. And that's, so it was awesome. It was, if that show didn't happen, uh, you know, who knows where our heads would be at, you know? Yeah, man. Um, it, you know, and it, as somebody who's who's followed music for a while and, and been to, you know, a b bunch of shows over the years with my buddies and stuff like I've always been the type of dude that like I want to get there and see the opening bands because you don't know who you're going to see. Like I still I still remember in 2000. I gosh, it was probably 2008 now um, seeing Disturbed in Cincinnati and uh the band that played before them was like death punch um you know I, I got a chance to see nothing more open up for seven dust like seven years ago um right. as they were starting to break and and um and it is it's a tough it's a tough position to be in to try to um you know to win over the crowd and and so i always love to go there for that reason to be able to see the bands that are coming up and uh seeing that moment like you know two three four songs in where you see uh, the energy and, and people start to like catch on to the vibe, you know, that's always, that's yeah, always yeah. a cool thing to check out. Yeah. And dude, I, there's so many bands that I found and like, honestly, some of my favorite bands are bands that I found opening for other bands I was going to see. Uh, you know, like it's awesome to get to, it's like, it's, 
you know, you, you never know like when you're gonna like a band. You know, you never yeah. you, you could hear you could hear a song on 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 record or on a, you know on Spotify or whatever and think it's okay, but sometimes songs just translate way better live. And after you hear it live, you'll hear it that way the rest of the every time you listen to the song, you'll be like, oh, dude, live it did this and it was sick, you know. So yeah. sometimes songs are just different that way. So it's, I always go, I always listen, I always like check out the opening bands because again, like you never know you know what you're gonna what you're gonna end up end up enjoying so yeah and it's funny you say that too about how when once you hear a song live you'll never really hear it the same way again uh last year it was like a spiritual experience for me because uh you know metallica and corn i loved i loved all those guys growing up and last year i i got a chance to see corn 10 years ago but it was before head was back in the band and last year in Nashville, um, you know, before all this crazy COVID stuff, unfortunately, but uh, Alice in Chains and and Corn, uh, you mentioned Alice in Chains earlier, they yeah. had a co-headline yeah. tour last year, and Corn and opened with um, Here to Stay. And just to hear Monkey and Head and Fieldy and, and, and all those guys, like, it was just like hearing that yeah. live, like, I'd heard that song so many times, and that's still, to this day, one of my, if not my favorite, corn riff, but just to hear that live and see people, like, go nuts, like, 20,000 people, it was awesome. Oh, it's incredible. So, so, you know, you mentioned the first EP was, uh, it was From the Bottom of My Heart, right? It was the first one in 2017? Yeah. Yes, sir. So, so that one, man, um, you know, again, we, we talked about the influences a little bit ago, but, uh, who who did you guys record that with? Uh, you know, because especially again, um, you know, not to keep bringing up your age, but uh, it is really impressive to me to like listen to something like that. Just, just you know, and I know there's Pro Tools and stuff now. There's a lot of stuff you can kind of do on your own at home, but I still feel like when you know, there's a difference. And you would obviously know this more than me, being being a musician. But um, you know, there's a difference between like jamming something and then like laying it down and 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 like playing it and and making sure it sounds good and. Uh, that that EP was so well done too, man. I really enjoyed that one. Who did who did you guys do that with? So that was done by and most of our um, most of our stuff has been done by uh, Andrew Wade. Uh, he's he runs the uh, Audio Compound down in Orlando, Florida, and um, I mean he's done bands like you know he's done most up until the last two records. He's done all of the A Day to Remember stuff. He did um, Neck Deep's Life's Not Out to Get You. He's done most of the Ghosts Inside, um, and a, you know, a bunch of other great bands. And um, Day to Remember being one of our biggest influences, um, we definitely wanted to go and see if we could get a chance to work with him. You know, right out of the gate. And lucky enough, we got him at a time where he was transitioning between studios, and he was just taking on a you know a lot of clients to save up as much money to launch the audio compound as he could. Um, so we got him, you know, we got in with him at that time. And since then we've been going back to him basically ever since, um, kind of formed a connection. We like him, you know, he's a good dude. We have a great time. Every time we go down there, we have a great time. And, uh, so yeah, we, we just got lucky and caught him at the right time, basically. So when you go into a situation like that, man, um, you know, do you guys have a lot of stuff already kind of kind of demoed, um, you know, from from the lyrics and the songs themselves? Or, or is there kind of like a working out process that goes on in the studio, too? No, I mean, we we give you know, we go down there with um, with with what is in our head a pretty finished uh, track. You know, it has you know, it's where we want it to be. But part of the reason why you go to someone like that 
is because you want their opinion, you know, you want their, their insight, you know, he could listen to what we thought was a really great verse and he could be like, you know, don't really like that that much. We're going to maybe pop something else in there or maybe rewrite this verse a little bit to make it a little different, you know, to make it more appealing, more interesting. So, you know, he, he changes, you know, a fair amount of things, you know, if he, if he deems that it needs to be changed, then get a song. And at the end of the day, you know, some people aren't too hot on that, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day for us, it was, you know, is it's all about the music, you know? So if, if, if he catches something that he thinks he can make better, that's a hundred percent fine with us because, you know, we want our music to be as best as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, you know, a day to remember being a, a big influence. I mean, um, what what about the sound or I guess their sound from a recording perspective and from, from like a production perspective, does mm-hmm. does he kind of bring to the table for you guys in terms of like, is it one of those things where you go in there and you're like, hey, I kind of like this with the vocals or I kind of like this with the guitars or yeah. how how does how do they kind of balance that with like your guys' vibe and what you do? Yeah, so I, I think that, I mean, Andrew's great at just being diverse and uh um i mean like listening to data members catalog even um you know they have some brutal stuff you know and then they also have some real soft stuff you know yeah and um so he's spread out across the board as far andrew is as far as that goes so you know he just he knows it's not like he's you know just one genre or whatever you know we could take him anything we wanted to and he would be familiar with it and be able to improve it. And so that's really what drew us to him is, you know, nothing's going to surprise him, you know, nothing's going to, nothing's going to catch him off guard. Um, You know, we could take him basically anything and he'd know, he would have been there before, you know? Yeah. So did you guys work with him on uh, illusions too? Yeah, we went down there and uh, did pre-pro, which is like pre-production and um, track everything down there uh, with Andrew and his and another guy that works down there named Andy, Andy Karpovic. And then uh, the mixes for Illusions, the mixing and the mastering were done by uh, our buddy here in Pittsburgh named Mike O'Malley. He's fantastic. Does killer work. Right on, man. So that, that first experience when you're doing the first EP, I mean um... – was that the first time you had recorded anything like professionally as, as a as a band? Like, had, or had uh, you guys done it in previous previous uh, bands before? Well, I mean, professionally on that level, yeah. Um, you know, we've never worked with like an actual like um, like renowned producer. You know, yeah. Uh, Mike, the guy I mentioned that did the mixing and mastering on Illusions, he's a huge hand in our band. Um, he's like a like a unofficial member basically. He's you know, he helps us. With, he, we do all of our demos with him. Um, he's just a, he's a wizard, like with, you know, uh, with studio stuff and with, you know, melodies and writing like he's a lyrics. He's fantastic. So he's always been a part of our, you know, uh, um, a part of our band, really. But uh, and he's a great producer, too. But as far as like recording with someone as um you know, awarded, let's say, as Andrew. Yeah, that was the first time he really ever did that. So for for you as a as a guitar player, and you and you do vocals too, right? Like the some of the harmonies and stuff too, right? Do you you yeah. you guys do that live? And on and on tape? Yeah, and, and every and all the clean vocals that are like the higher pitch clean vocals, that's me on illusions. Um, 
on the first record, we had a whole, the singer, the clean singer was, um, name was Jordan. But he, like I said, he left before that record even got released, really. Okay, okay. Yeah, I thought I thought I noticed a little bit of a difference um, in yeah. that first one and the second one. Um, yeah. So for you, man, was it uh, was it more nerve wracking when you look back playing those first shows and playing like that falling in reverse show or like going into the studio and recording? Or is it or is it different not having people watching you while you're doing it? Is that kind of what makes it a little bit different? Because I'm, I'm always curious about that, like because when you go record something and trying to get it to be perfect and the number of takes or whatever versus like playing live where it's like if something happens you got it you just got to roll with it right but uh right, yeah i don't know if like the crowd and the the audience you know brings a certain uh, amount of pressure versus going in and trying to put something to tape they're both i mean you know at, at this point like after have been playing shows for like you know four years or whatever there's not a ton of pressure at, at live shows anymore just because it's fun you know it's it's yeah. not like a stressful situation anymore as it used to be um, now it's fun and like it's what I look forward to doing, and it's the same thing with studio like studio work. However, studio work is stressful because it's solely reliant on you when you're doing your job, you know. So like when you're playing live, like I could mess up a lead, but the other guys are doing their job, so no one really notices, you know. Yeah. But uh, and I'm the only one tracking guitar, and I I mess up. Everyone <laughs> knows I messed up, you know. So uh, there's not much. Uh, cushion there for for failure yeah i i really like i said i really liked uh i really liked the ep man i thought it had a good good ebb and flow to it because you open up with anti-venom and then you closed out with uh with whoa right is the is the last track yeah. um yeah. and jd who you guys just recently on instagram you posted about recording with him he he was part of uh anti-venom right in the music video and the song right from ice nine kills yeah, he yeah, he um so we actually wrote the whole song and uh dude like the song got done like it was done it was mastered and uh we were like uh dude like this song like could use something and it just you know JD was the perfect you know accent to have on that song and he was he was awesome um that was actually our first ever time like communicating with him and uh he got the song and he's like He's like, I got a couple ideas. Like, if you don't mind me changing them, he's like, I'd like to show you what I what I think should happen with these vocal lines. And we're like, yeah, sure. And he ended up changing some of the vocal lines and made them like ten times better um, for free. You know, not not part of the feature. And um, and that led to now, just like the other day, we did three days of writing with him for our next record. Um, actually, writing with him and getting to pick his brain and stuff. So. Uh, that was really cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I always wonder what that's like in terms of the the collaborations. There's there's a a friend of mine who I've had on the show a few times before, and um, he he was in a band, and now he does a lot of collaborations. And it sounds like a lot of it is, yeah, just like reaching out to people and seeing if they're if they're game to do it. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. that's that's cool that you guys have developed like a, a rapport with them because because Ice Nine Kills, they're what they're Massachusetts, I think they're from. I'm not yeah, super familiar with their catalog, but I think they're based out of Boston, maybe. Boston, yeah, yes. I believe it is Boston. Or like Rochester, Boston. Like I think they're a little spread out, but yeah, Boston, I believe, is where they're from, yeah. Right on, man. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the ebb and flow to it. Like I said, um, and, and you know, and lyrically, um, 
you know, like self-help, I really enjoyed. Like the whole thing front to back is really good, but I, I really loved like self-help. Uh, there's a light, Lost at Sea. Um, and you guys have also done, I think, music videos definitely for what? Whoa, Lost at Sea, self-help, uh, anti-venom. So pretty pretty much the whole thing you guys have done, like yeah. some type of additional music video to it as well. I mean, what what's that creative process like as well when you're trying to develop like the the theme of the music video? So, I mean, for us, really, like, we usually let the song kind of, like, determine the theme. You know, um, every song has you, like, a feeling a different way. And certain songs are a little darker, like Anti-Venom. You know, that video is a little darker. It's a little dungier. It's a little, like, you know, grainy and, like, eerie almost, you know? Um, yeah. Compared to, compared to Woe, like, the song Woe is more uplifting. And um, the music video shows that, you know, it's a lot more colorful, not colorful, but a lot more of, like, the, you know, bright, um, you know, bluish tint throughout most of it, you know? Um so it just kind of like it, the song to us determines the mood of the video. And I think it accents what the song is trying to you know get across. Yeah. Yeah. And, and lyrically, I feel like you guys definitely go to uh, like a vulnerable place for sure. Like, um, you know, yeah. you, you and Dylan. Um, I mean, obviously, you guys did the Logic cover a couple of years ago, uh, which which I definitely want to talk about with you as well, man. But uh but yeah, I've noticed like you guys, you guys go to that place where, you know, it, it seems like whether it's, you know, personal demons, uh, mental health, those kind of inner struggles, um, which isn't obviously uncommon for metalcore. Like Killswitch is one of my favorite bands. Jesse Leach is definitely a guy who goes there um, and yeah. goes to those places. Uh, but um, what what's that like, um, you know, as, as a as a singer and a songwriter too, to, to go to those places. I mean, has it always been natural for you guys to be vulnerable like that and, and touch on stuff like that in your lyrics? Yeah, I think, you know, as time goes on, you learn to be more and more vulnerable. Um, and that's a good thing, I think, because like, you know, looking back, you know, the bands that I always ended up latching onto the hardest were the bands that, you know, they shared a similar message through their music to what I was feeling at the time. Um, so the more vulnerable you can be is ultimately, you know, going to help someone else maybe through that tough time or, you know, make them relate with you in a way that, you know, is um, important to them. But, you know, the most important thing is like being vague, but vulnerable at the same time, because, you don't, you know, people struggle for all different kinds of reasons and you want whatever that reason they struggle with, they want to be able to relate with our music you know um that's what we want we don't want to just kind of make it straight and narrow we want to leave it vague enough to where whether it's depression anxiety um just some you know home issues whatever you got going on uh it all can fall into like the same category and you can relate to our music regardless you know what i mean yeah yeah where you're it's not so much maybe about specific experiences necessarily right. or or right. if it is you know putting it in a way in the music where people can can relate to it and, and it's not like so it's it's a or it's b or it's c it can, it right. can be that threat. right yeah you know it, it, there's a balance there and uh that's what we always try to do you know it's um you know it's just it's something we feel passionate about it you know we don't we, like I said, the bands that we always liked the most were the bands that got us through the hardest points of our life. And, 
you know, we want to be able to be that band for someone if, if, if that happens, you know, if that can, if that can happen, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's funny to me not to get like too trippy, but, uh, <laughs> it is funny to me how like music, especially if you're somebody that, that loves music, you can hear a song and it like takes you, it's, it's like smell, like how olfactory they, they yeah. it's yeah. like associated with memory. Like you can listen to a song and you're like, Oh my gosh, I remember the first time I heard that, I remember how many times I listened to it and what I was yeah. going through. And yeah, that's that's a crazy connection. And I think that's what's so cool about music, especially in times like this, man, where people are in isolation and just dealing with with that. Like, I think there's probably a lot of people who maybe if they you know, everybody is battling something. Right. But people, if they if maybe they kind of were even keel before you know, everybody's kind of gotten tilted on their access and, you know, access and taken like a, a gut punch with this whole coronavirus thing. So I think kind of now more than ever, music, I'm sure, is connecting with people in a way it probably didn't before, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the the industry has changed and it's been affected so heavily by this. But I think one thing that to take away from all of it is that, you know, we're still all in this, all in it together whether you're, you know, a day to remember or a band my size, um, it's, we're all in this together, you know, we're all, if the industry flops, it flops for everybody, you know, if uh, it doesn't just flop for the small guys, it doesn't just flop for the big guys, flops for everybody. And uh, I think that you've seen a lot of support from other bands and bands supporting each other in ways that you wouldn't normally see. Um, And that's been really cool to experience. Yeah, and I guess just on that, man, like how how have you guys been been dealing with that? Because um, you had a tour. Was it was a smile, empty soul that kind of that yeah. that kind of went belly up with the whole thing, right? Right at the beginning of of this virus. Um, how how have you guys been holding up? You've been doing all right, like you know, remotely yeah. and recording and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, it's all it's about adapting, you know. Um, you know, obviously, would we rather have been in person writing with JD or like you know doing all that stuff in person and like yeah obviously but you got to keep in mind that the times are what the times are right now and uh we got to be respectful and um uh what's the word responsible for you know what what we can do to make it better um you know as much as it sucks you know being uh real close to people right now and all that stuff that's that's just gonna make this all drag on a lot longer so if it means that we have to do a little bit of writing behind a screen that's cool with me uh we'll get it done either way and at the end of the day uh you know hopefully if more people do that hopefully you know live shows can come back sooner and we can all get back to normal life you know yeah yeah has has the pandemic has it inspired um you know parts of you musically that you think you know, without this experience, if things were, let's say the pandemic didn't happen, you had the tour with Smile Empty. So like, are there things that have come out of you musically or lyrically that that maybe have been altered by this experience or influenced by this experience? Yeah, I th- and I think mostly it's being able to refocus your energy from touring, you know, which we can't do right now, onto right. something else that maybe you were lacking in the first place, you know? So, you know, we personally just took some time and, you know, invested a, a bunch of time and effort into marketing and basically just growing the the brand that is Execution Day bigger, you know, because there's nothing else you can really do at this point. 
So uh, we just kind of put in the work somewhere else. You don't really, you know, we, you don't ever really want to stop working, but you can uh, definitely rechannel your effort somewhere else to make up for lost time, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's that's a that's an awesome outlook to have, Alec, because, um, you know, one of the things that I've noticed and that I that, that I think is cool, which you kind of touched on is is bands connecting with each other. Like, I think it's been really cool to see some of the collaborations that that have been done remotely and the covers yeah. that have been done like that to me is has been been sort of a cool way to, um, you know, in some ways, social media can kind of be a cesspool at times. But in other ways, oh, yeah. like it's a great way to get in touch with people or discover new music, discover new bands and, yeah. and connect with other artists. So I think that's that's a great perspective to have. And it's cool to hear that you guys have taken that outlook on it. Like, hey, we, you know, it, yeah, we I mean, can't do what we want to do, but we got to shift yeah. our energy to something else. Right. I mean, you know, there's, you know, it just you can't do anything else. You got to do something, you know. And uh, at first it was tough, you know, it was tough to figure out like what are we going to do but eventually you figure it out and I'm, I'm you know a ton of bands i'm sure have um you know it's just like adapting and getting used to because at first i don't know if anybody really thought that like it would you know fast forward eight months whatever we're still here i don't think yeah. anybody really thought that it would get to this point and be this long so um at first it was more like oh this will blow over you know we'll just take a you know take a backseat for a little bit month or two we'll be back on you know back on the road doing our thing and it, you know it, obviously that didn't happen and so you know as the time went on and as things got progressively worse and worse you realize you know this is serious and we have to you know take action somewhere else you know and not think about touring right now because it's not going to happen yeah yeah you know and, and on that you know you the, the struggles that people are going through obviously it's been a couple of years now since you guys did the 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 one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five cover from logic but um that's done very well for you guys on spotify i think the last time that's, i looked it had like over 730 some thousand streams uh yeah. uh but you know the music video and and, and you guys are just kind of jamming and like that it looked like a barn slash garage type of uh, vibe uh from the music video but um yeah but yeah man i mean i think that song obviously it was huge uh i think it it's probably logic's most streamed song and, and a heartfelt song uh, and then unfortunately you hear about uh the suicides and the, the the mental struggles that people are dealing with uh even through the pandemic i mean what what's it been like for you to be part of something like that that's reached so many people um you know one you guys did an awesome job with the cover i think in terms of you. you know paying homage to the vibe of the song and the lyrical content of the song but at the same time like putting your guys's um your guys's vibe on it as execution day but um have you guys seen like uh you know, a, a positive come from the negative, I guess, in in a way, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out the best way to ask this question, but just through this tough time, I, I would imagine a song like that probably um, holds a lot of weight for a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, like the whole reason for doing that song in the first place is because we heard it and thought that it was an awesome song. Like that was something like logic. You just, you know, that was an awesome idea. It was an awesome, like, you know, the song name being the Suicide Hotline number was, was a fantastic idea. And uh, it just kind of took us back when we heard it. It was, you know, you can tell it, it meant something. And, 
we instantly knew that like dude we had to we had to do a cover of this and uh it it, it has done very well for us and i think that it you know again going back to what you said earlier it makes us vulnerable in a sense you know being that that is something we decided to take on and speak um speak so openly about and um i think in the long run it helped us be perceived as like genuine you know not just uh you know your run-of-the-mill metalcore band or post-hardcore band whatever we were at that time um you know I, i think it made us vulnerable and genuine and i think it let you know fans of ours able to know that hey we can be open about these these kind of things too you know yeah yeah did you guys it did you guys see kind of like uh immediate after you put it out like sort of the, the response from from fans like did, were people were people sharing things with you i mean you don't have to tell me like personal things that obviously that that people share no, but yeah, uh, we, we definitely we definitely got like messages and dms about certain people like just reaching out and say hey man like i needed this today or you know um this was something that uh you know really spoke to me or something like that you know and even though it's not our song you know it's not something we created um it's still the fact of you know maybe you know maybe that person wouldn't have heard that song or that message if we didn't cover it you know yeah um, you know i know i me personally i'm not the biggest like rap dude so a lot of songs fly under my radar that i could potentially love you know so you know i think that when we did the cover of it um i think it maybe you know some people that wouldn't have heard the song otherwise did hear it and uh i think it I think that was the coolest part was just the general um, amount of trust that people had in telling us things, you know, immediately afterwards, you know. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the the vulnerability part or just, uh, you know, not being afraid of, to, to talk about the stuff that's going on in your head or whatever. I mean, do you feel like that helped open you guys up even even more with the releases that came came after that? Because you did. You did a couple of singles, right? Rebirth uh, in 2018. I for an Eye was 2018. Um, and then illusions came after that. Um, and lyrically, uh, like we talked about a little bit ago, I mean, I definitely think that's a, that's, you know, kind of had that same theme for you guys where, where lyrically, like you were going to those places and, 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 but also making it accessible for people. Do you feel like that logic cover kind of just reinforced that for you guys? Like, okay, it's cool. It's cool to go here. We can, we can go to this place and it's a good place to go. Yeah. And I think, I think that from the beginning, like we wanted to go to those places. But I think that that cover really made it really made um, it clear that other people wanted us to go to those places also, you know, it yeah. was, you know, it, the reception was so positive and like there was very few bad things to say about that cover um, just because the overall message of the song was so good, you know. So, you know, I think that was really cool for us um, and it made us, you know, really just want to be more vulnerable um and you know let us know that people want that you know people want to be able to connect with you on that deeper level just through your music you know yeah 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 i really like i said man genuinely i I really you know your guys's whole catalog like i've I've really enjoyed um thank you but you know but 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 that one man yeah it was um you know when when you hear somebody do a cover um, it's, I've, I'm, I'm always interested cause I, I, I'm always interested, you know, to see what, what kind of take somebody puts on it, you know, and kind of how they, 
they take the meaning of the song, but also take their music and kind of change it up and 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 put their own spin on it, man. So um, it's it's been cool to kind of see the build and and even with illusions, right? Is it um, what two hundred fifty thousand or three hundred thousand streams you guys are at right now with that EP that just came out a couple months ago? Yeah, if I'm correct, which I haven't checked in like a couple of weeks, not a week, like a week or two, but I think it's over three hundred thousand at this point. That's awesome, man. Well, congrats on that, dude. Like, uh, um, I can see, I think as a fan, I could, you know, and as, a, as somebody who loves just listening to music and, and loves music, like you can see like what each song is doing. But um, that was the last I seen, I think, on your guys' socials. It was like 250 or something like that. So, yeah, congrats on that, dude. Well, well, Alec, Thank before you. I let you go, man, um, I know we're, we're getting close to an hour here and I don't want to chomp your ear off too long and, and make you never want to come back. <laughs> From, from talking no, dude. Off, but, it's, been, it's been great but uh thank you again for your time but but yeah you know you mentioned just kind of being in this in this weird stage right now um but still you know recording music kind of remotely with jd i mean have there been any other like relationships uh that have come out of the music world for you guys sort of in these these last seven eight months or any any collaborations or any other any other artists reaching out um not as far as like artists and stuff like like no but i think that the real connection that we've made is through other bands that we've met along the way via touring um you know a lot of the members we've met you know you always add them on facebook to keep in touch but like you know we're all we're all missing it you know we're all we're all wanting to get back to it we're all wanting to you know just get back to normal life and so i think that you know i've been talking to a lot of them you know commented on their Facebook stuff. And it's really, it seems like a big group, you know, it's a big group of people that just, you know, even if we weren't that close before, and we still weren't that close now, but we get to share uh, a common desire to get back to, to get back to what we want to do, you know? And so that's been, that's been really cool for me is, you know, to know that there's a million, millions of people out there that just want to get back to, get back to going to music shows and, you know, seeing their favorite bands just like we do, you know? So that, that was, you know, that really is to me the coolest thing. And I can't wait for shows to come back because I think that they're going to be crazier than ever. I think that um, the turnouts are going to be better for all bands. And I think that maybe I really think that the local music scene in every city is going to see an increase in shows just because, you know, the old saying, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And uh, now that you can't go to local shows anymore, you can't go to any shows anymore. I think that people are going to take a step back and realize that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's time to start supporting music again, like they did 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good point. Cause I've, I've thought about that during the the pandemic, you know, just even in my hometown, some of the, the venues like Frankie's inner city in Toledo and stuff like, um, yeah. you know, hoping that they'll, they'll survive this. I mean, have you, have you heard anything from any of the, the Pittsburgh venues? Like, are they, are they hanging in there? Are they still plan on being around on the other side of this thing? Some, some, you know, you don't, I don't think any venues are doing good right now, but right, right. some are you know, doing okay. I think some are, you know, able to financially, you know, it depends how much longer this goes on. Um, I don't think any venues can, can handle a whole year of loss of income. I don't think many venues could do that. Um, but as of right now, Rex Theater in Pittsburgh closed its doors a couple of months ago, which is, um, very disappointing. Rex Theater was awesome. Um, I've been there 
many times, and that was awful. And uh, I believe they're... I think Rex might be the only one that's officially closed its doors that I can think of right now. Um, Mr. Smalls is still open, and, uh, you know, obviously, like, Stage AE and stuff is still open. But, uh, yeah, I really hope that, you know, it doesn't go too much longer because, like I said, a whole year without any sort of income is going to kill, I would say, you know, a vast majority of the venues. Yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah, I, I hope uh, with the talks of the the vaccines and stuff and like and, and like that's what I work in, you know, my job is in healthcare. Um, you know, outside of my, just my passion for the music stuff. Um, and uh, the, there's there's definitely stuff that's like in the works, you know, and, and it's obviously making the, right. the headlines now with uh, a couple of the the pharmaceutical companies and stuff. And so. I, I hope I hope it's on the horizon and I also hope people get it. You know, I know there's still a lot yeah. of people who are afraid of, you know, getting shots and and I get it, man. Like I don't think anybody enjoys enjoys getting poked with the needle. But um yeah, even you know, I try not to even preach too much on this show either, but uh I, I hope as many people as possible even just get the flu shot, you know, just just to even deal with cold and flu season, you know, much less a uh, a coronavirus vaccine, but I'm yeah. I'm hoping that it's within a couple of months. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be that'd be ideal. And uh, you know, I think that you know the venues that it's a sad thing is seeing venues like Frankie's and uh, Toledo uh, and Rex in Pittsburgh. They've been around forever. They've been around. You know, my parents went to shows at Rex. You know, my grandma who is 84. Uh, Rex used to be. A cart. They used to have every like Saturday. They'd have a two-hour cartoon block for the kids at Rex back when she was a young kid. Oh, so man. you know, back then, it, back then it probably wasn't called Rex Theater, but you know, it's still that was where it was. You know, in in that venue. So you know, to see that go away at this point is uh, it's a it's a really like a piece of like a piece of the city. You know, a lot of people can remember that. So you know, I hope that you know not too many more follow in its footsteps you know yeah man fingers crossed for sure because yeah it's uh and that's and that's the thing you know like you said a little bit ago about you don't know what you've got until it's gone and uh i yeah i just hope that uh i i think we're just at a point where a lot of people just you know you know gotta gotta buy in you know um just collectively is is just human beings you know just do yeah. do what you can to be safe. Wear a mask and 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 be smart. Um, the reality of it is, you know, nobody wants to wear that mask. You know, it's not that you want to wear it. You know, I don't want to wear it, but right. I wear it every, every time I go into public. I wear it because that is what we're being told to do. You know, there's you know, it's for the health and safety of everybody, not just you know because you don't want to wear it. Nobody wants to wear a piece of cloth around their mouth. You know, it's yeah. not like that's a cool trend right now. However, it's what we should all be doing because it's the responsible and respectful thing to do for everybody's sake, you know? So, you know, I wish that some people would understand that it's not like, you know, given the opportunity two years from now, I guarantee you no one's going to wear a mask again because of yeah. all this, you know, it's not like, you know, I, you know, I don't know, but it, I, I hope that everyone does wear a mask. I hope that everybody again, is respectful of everybody, you know, and just because, you know, if one person doesn't wear a mask, you know, 
that could ruin it for everybody. So, you know, mask up. Let's do it together. And if you know, if we and if we all do it together, it's going to go away. I really do. I think it's going to, you know, have a. It's only positive to wear a mask. For sure, man. Very well said. We'll we'll switching gears on, on on a couple of I guess more positive, lighter things before uh, before we wrap this up. And thank you again so much, Alec, for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Um, music wise, has there you know what, what have you been listening to during the pandemic? I mean, obviously you guys are working on your stuff, but um, has there any you know any records or anything that you've that you've dusted off or pulled out of the archives? New stuff that you've checked out? I mean stuff that you got into that maybe you wouldn't have heard or listened to otherwise what what have you been kind of jamming to during the pandemic yeah there's been a lot of good music to come out uh, especially the last couple of months uh like moss the flames put out an awesome record about three four weeks ago at this point um that record's awesome um obviously bring me's new record is fantastic um i mean i i really i've really dived into a lot of bands that I feel like maybe I wouldn't have got the time to listen to before, you know, like, you know, usually if I'm going somewhere or whatever, I listen to what I'm comfortable with, but yeah. I've definitely found a lot, of, a lot of bands that I think that, you know, I have time to just sit and listen now. And, uh, it got me into some bands that I don't think I would have been near as into as before. And they're not all like necessarily new bands either. It can be bands that have been around for a while that just, I finally felt like, well, I'll listen to them now, you know? Yeah. 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 There's definitely, uh, you know, for me, it depends. Like sometimes when I'm working, I, I enjoy, uh, like post rock stuff or more ambient sound and stuff, but I don't, I don't know if it, it was, if it came on by like stranger things or just like my affinity for nostalgia and like the eighties and stuff. But like, uh, listen to a lot of like synth wave. I don't know. I just, I, I just kind of dig some of, some of that stuff too. You know, it's just sort of easy listening sometimes, but it's also yeah. kind of got like that throwback kind of retro vibe yeah, the midnight the midnight's really good and um the band Dayseeker, rory uh their vocalist i think it's their drummer have a synth wave band uh called i believe it's called uh, oh man hurt hurt wave or something i forget but it's awesome like it's it's like fantastic i have to look up their name now i forget what their name of the band was but uh <laughs> They're awesome, super synthwave, and like I don't know if you ever listened to Dayseeker before, but their vocals like are incredible. So it's really cool to hear that over something that's not really guitar driven. I'm gonna check that out now. Yeah, because I love one of I one think of it's the bands that got wave. me into. What's up? I think it's called Hurtwave. Hurtwave is the name of the band or something. Yeah, I've definitely heard of a uh, Dayseeker. Um, and then one one of the bands that got me into a, a lot of the uh, the synthwave stuff was like, uh, or the project is Time Cop nineteen eighty three. Is another one. Uh, Gunship, I think, is another one. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I, I really I've really enjoyed I've really enjoyed that. Um, you know, talking about tours and stuff. I mean, for you guys, you, you've mentioned you know some of the bands. Uh, that you've gotten to play with uh, another one, the plot in you, uh, Ohio guys uh, like myself, um, like Moth to Flames. You guys have toured with, right, or, or done shows with? Yeah, we've done shows. We've opened for like Moths, um, and and for Plot. Yeah. Are there uh, w- what would be some of the bands that are on the 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 bucket list for you guys in terms of in terms of touring? Um, I mean, I, I would I would assume a day to remember. 
yeah. or Blank, uh, just just those being some some sort of foundational bands for you guys. But what what would be like a uh, like if you had to put together like a dream tour lineup that you guys could be a part of? What who would who would be some of those bands on that short list? Um, I mean, obviously, I think Bring Me the Horizon has to be one of them. I think that they've done you know like a ton for just metalcore in general, and uh, to this day, their their fan base is like enormous. So that is definitely Bring Me the Horizon for one. And I think you know, obviously, like you know, a day to remember, uh, just a bunch of like maybe a bunch of OG, you know, OG metalcore bands that really, you know, still, you know, still can get at it. You know, I think that'd be super fun. Um, not much compares to like OG metalcore, like The Devil Wears Prada, uh, you know, stuff like that. Norma Jean. Um, I think it's all a bunch of really cool stuff. So I'm glad that a lot of those bands are still out there kicking, and I'd love to get to just you know. That's more of like a nostalgia factor, you know, getting to play with people like that, that take you back. It takes you back and make you realize, man, this is cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. What's what's the biggest thing you've taken away, man? Uh, or, or have you gotten any advice or anything from some of those bands that you have done shows with uh, that have been around for a little bit, like the like the Plot and You or like Moth to Flames? Um, you know... I think I think the biggest thing you know that we get told is just you know keep grinding you know if you look at like bands like the Plot and You especially the Plot and You um, they weren't ever like necessarily that they're big but they weren't ever like that big and um, I believe it was their record the hap- uh, the happiness and self destruction I think is the name of it uh, that was like a latch ditch effort for them that was like you know they they really didn't get where they wanted to go. They never really broke through like they wanted to. Um, and I think Landon, uh, their vocalist, was just kind of getting tired. He did an interview about this, actually. You can check it out. But uh, that was like their last ditch, last ditch effort, you know. And they ended up, that ended up being like the record got them signed to Fearless. And uh, then their um, their next, their most recent record came out. And that had some awesome, like massive arena rock songs on it. And, uh, you know, it just blew it out of the water. And if they would have called it quits, you know, five years ago, that would have never happened, you know. So it's all about the grind and just letting, you know, every time you put out music, it's going to be better than the last stuff and better than the stuff after that, you know. So it's always I think we always get told just to keep grinding at it. And I really think that um, if if a band grinds hard enough, it grinds hard enough and works hard enough for a long enough amount of time that success is is going to be on the horizon eventually for sure man musically like if you could uh if you could if you could create a band uh like i guess like in a fantasy land you know like if you had a singer two guitarists a drummer and a bassist uh alive or dead from any era what 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 to you would be like like a crazy almost like a like an all-star band for you with with your musical taste it doesn't have to be like the best ever but just just your own personal taste who would those who would those people be um that's a tough one dude Uh, i really like travis barker as a drummer i know everyone's gonna probably say that but travis barker from blink's an awesome drummer uh probably one of the like one of the greats honestly and uh and then maybe like vocally I really, really actually do enjoy Landon too, or some plots vocals. I think that he can do anything he wants to vocally. You know, he can do the super soft stuff or he could like, you know, 
like belt, dude. He can scream anything. Like he's crazy. So um definitely like Travis Landon, um Lima Leah from uh Bring Me on guitar and um I don't know, like Josh Woodard from a theater member on bass, probably. That'd be pretty cool. Like a like a metalcore, like a super group or something. <laughs> right on, man. And if I, you could say, take... I really think. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I really think the stuff that Travis Barker did with MGK is freaking awesome too. If you haven't checked it out, I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to check that out, man. Because I know he did. Uh, well, with uh, with Post Malone did. Uh, I, I can't remember. It was what well, was like a Nirvana, like a bunch of covers I, they did for something like right around the beginning of the pandemic. I can't remember what it was for, or what cause it was for, but I think Travis was playing drums. But, but I haven't checked out the stuff he's done with MGK. So thank you for that suggestion because I'll definitely look it up, man. Um, the, one of the last things I want to ask you, like if you could take, you could take like five records and put them in a in a time capsule for people. 2000 years from now just just records that mean something to you uh that are like front to back listens for for you what what would those be um pearl jams 10 an awesome record um one of my I favorite mean, albums of all time by the way pearl jams 10 it's a fantastic record dude it has a little bit of everything and it's awesome one of my favorite um, solos too from Alive is is does that solo? Oh, yeah, fantastic stuff, dude. Honestly, um, and then probably, oh man, let me get some pop punk. So like maybe some like neck deep and really like life's not out to get you. Maybe that's a real good I think modern pop punk record. Um, and then maybe like. I don't know, throw it back to some Alice in Chains, Dirt. I think Dirt's a really good record by them also. Um, and then some like modern metalcore, you know, maybe like uh, some like Moss to Flames. Uh, I, I think they're really awesome. Uh, I would say either one, maybe their first or second record. They're both really good. And, um, and then Bring Me the Horizons, That's the Spirit. I think that's a really cool record, too. But I think in, like, 10, 15 years, we'll still hold up just the same as it does, you know, right now. Awesome, man. Well, Alec, thank you so much for, for giving me some of your time, man. It's great to great to meet you virtually. Um, I really love what you guys are doing. I hope you guys keep grinding, too, man. And and definitely uh, definitely don't be a stranger, dude. Um, before we close this out, let the people know, uh, you know, where they can find you or any anything that you want to let the people know, man. Yeah, uh, you guys can find us anywhere you listen to music, uh, Spotify, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, you know, Pandora, whatever you use. Um, on Facebook, uh, our Instagram is just Execution Day. Uh, Twitter is Execution Day, even though, you know, we're not that good at Twitter. We don't use it too often, <laughs> uh, but we're on there. Um, but yeah, I, I just thanks for having me, man, and I appreciate this. Uh, if everybody wears their mask, we can meet uh non-virtually sometime very soon uh we can get together and uh go to a show or something like that sounds good man yeah that would that would be awesome it'd be sick if you guys came through nashville i'd definitely come out and check it out man but uh and is there a song we can give people on this one is there is there i always like to share a song from the artist if that's cool yeah uh i mean my personal favorite is our song whoa 
Uh, I think Woe's a really good song. Um, kind of harnesses a, all our sides in that song. So you can kind of get a real good feel about what we are and kind of, you know, our style. So, yeah, definitely will. Alec, thank you so much, man. Stay safe. We got Thanksgiving coming up next week. So I hope you and yours have a have a safe and happy holiday, man. And uh, like I said, definitely keep in touch, man. I genuinely love what you guys are doing. Uh, love Delusions. Uh, went back, listened to the rest of the catalog. So, uh, you know, appreciate you guys, man. Thank you so much for taking the time, dude. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Alrighty, righty there you have it. That was my conversation with Alec Coslow of Execution Day. Make sure you go check out those guys wherever you can find music. I will be sure to put up the links on the podcast description where you can find them on socials at Execution Day. And make sure you check out their latest EP, Illusions. Very well done, front to back, a great listen. As we talked about on the podcast, they also did some great music videos in association with those songs. And again, the Logic cover of 1-800-273-8255 is seriously one of the best covers that I've heard. And I'm not just saying that because Alec was kind enough to do this podcast, man. Like, it's very well done. Uh, You you know, you want to talk about, to me, a a great cover is where you pay homage to the vibe of the, the song as it was originally intended. But you're able to put your own spin on it as a band or as an artist. And they absolutely killed it with that cover. Uh, obviously exemplified by the fact that it's it's you know gotten close to 740,000 streams on Spotify. So definitely check out those guys. And uh, yeah, much love to, to everybody out there uh, for checking out the show. March4th.podbean.com is the central hub for all the episodes. You can also listen to this podcast in, in most places where you can find podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, and of course Podbean, which is the host site for march 4th so i really appreciate everybody if you want to follow me on socials i'm on twitter at mike v bauman and i'm also on instagram the podcast is at march 4th pod on instagram so yeah man please stay safe please wear a mask please be cool to each other be kind to one another i say it at the end of every show keep the faith and be kind to one another and i mean it i love you all and i appreciate you all and since i ranted a little bit in the intro i want to try to you know, keep it classy here at the end and avoid the uhs, the ums, and the right-ons and the you knows as much as I can. But in all seriousness, man, I love you all. Thank you so much for doing the show. Thanks again to Alec. Make sure you go follow those guys, man, for real. I, it's it's so cool to, to be in this position where I can help get the word out about all these talented musicians out there. It's it's just so insane to me, the 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 depth of just music that's out there. And you got to do a little work to find it, no doubt. But uh these guys are doing their thing, man, and, and uh, it was really cool to catch up with them. So thanks again, Alec. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it, y'all. Really appreciate it. Stay tuned bi-monthly, every month, on Saturdays, baby. That's when we release the podcast. So appreciate y'all. Let's wrap up the the year on a, on a positive note. Do your part. Wear your mask and be cool to each other. So on that note, I will officially say keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of Alec at Execution Day, here is Woe off of their latest EP, Illusions.
what you say.